Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, Molly Christensen here, and welcome to the podcast, episode 18 of the Building Heroes Podcast. Today, what we're going to do is chat about teaching writing for the kids who don't really want to. Now, I probably have some strong opinions about this after trying to make my kids love writing, which does not work. (laughs) So what I'm going to do today is give you the pattern of how kids learn writing and, and the skills to focus on to develop when they're ready and willing instead of making them before they're ready and willing. Also getting excited about the relaunch of the Hero Journey membership in March. So much good stuff over there. So head on over and check it out at buildingheroesacademy.com. All right, so this is a question I get a lot and I see it everywhere in homeschool Facebook groups. So usually there's a question similar to this one. Help, my seven-year-old son hates writing. It takes hours for him to write a few sentences. Does that sound familiar? Okay, so here's the thing. Writing is an important skill, right? Because if the kids can't write, how are they going to get by in this life? And we do want them to be able to communicate effectively. Yeah. Problem is, often it is a power struggle to get them to write. So hopefully what I have to say today on this podcast is going to help you shift your minds, your viewpoint about that a bit today. Now, when I was growing up, I didn't really think of myself as a writer. I didn't love writing. I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I did it because I had to, but only then. And I always kind of thought that I wasn't a very good writer. Um, You know, I could get the mechanics down. I could put some words on the paper, but I always kind of felt like it was kind of boring to read what I wrote. I think I even bored myself reading it sometimes. So when I started homeschooling my oldest son, I thought, okay, I want him to have good writing skills and I want him to enjoy writing. So, you know, because he's going to have to write all these essays in high school and and college, right? And of course, I I started um, homeschooling my oldest son when he was six in first grade. So I did what most of us do. I did a ton of research and I chose the curriculum that I felt would accomplish this goal. And in first grade, we started that writing curriculum boy, that was a serious battle. I was like, come on, just write three darn sentences. Describe this pencil. Just get it done. It's not that hard. And then he would wallow around on the floor and get distracted and complain and cry. And I'd keep trying to make him do it. And it was seriously miserable. You know, I was worried about how that he would never get into college. And this poor little thing was only six. Something had to change if you know what I mean, right? So of course, then I had to do a little more research about how kids learn and how to teach writing. And I learned some really interesting things. So when you go and you look at public school and you look at the standards of what they want the kids to learn, these very specific benchmarks they set for the kids in each grade, right? Now, I do not disagree with kids learning these skills at all. The problem is, is that when you compare the standards to how kids develop with their fine motor skills and maybe their thinking skills, 
Um, the writing is pushed on kids way too early. It really is. So give you an example. In first grade, and yes, we're talking six-year-olds, many of whom probably can't even read yet. I mean, may not be able to, I probably should say, but they're expected to do this, to do this okay? Number one, write opinion pieces in which they introduce the topic or a name of a book they're writing about, state an opinion, supply a reason for the opinion, and provide some sense of closure. Two, write an informative explanatory text in which they name a topic, supply some facts about the topic, and provide some sense of closure. Three, write narratives in which they recount two or more appropriately sequenced events, include some details regarding what happened, use temporal words to signal event word, or event order and provide some sense of closure. And that's just three of the standards, okay? So when we look at homeschool curriculum, most curriculum is written to meet those standards. And hence, when you pull out your homeschool curriculum and you try to get your six-year-old to write, you may find some serious resistance, right? Now, there are some kids who can actually do this, but I would say probably the majority can't just sit down and write like this. I mean, obviously, they should get a little instruction on how to do it first. But still, I think for many of us, there's a power struggle. So the question comes up to my brain that says, why would all of the experts write these into the standards? Because it really does not make sense to start first graders writing like, like this so early, you know, especially when reading's not even fluent. So why is there a big push? I actually have no idea. <laughs> But here are some of my guesses. Okay, maybe experts put these in the standards because it means that more curriculum must be written, which means more money. They also maybe put it into the standards because this is what we're used to, or maybe we don't want our kids to get behind in academics when compared to other countries. So maybe they figure that if we start earlier, then it will give the kids a head start and they'll get a lot more practice. I don't know. I really don't know. But that kind of makes sense because public school teaching methods are all based on repetition. The more repetition, the more chance that it will eventually sink in. Problem is this, by introducing skills before the kids are ready, we can end up creating these challenges for our kids that are way above their current level. And when kids are faced with these obstacles that are way out of the realm of their current skills or thinking, that doesn't feel good and they lose confidence and they shut down and they begin to hate it. They begin to dread it. They want to avoid it. We know how that feels. So when we have challenges that are just above our current skill level, that can be excited to be able to try and solve that problem and to bridge the gap. But when we're trying to make our children learn things that they aren't ready or willing for, that's frustrating. Now, the other thing that is not taken into account here is that the fact that when a child feels good about something, when they love learning, they will naturally learn. They will naturally voice their opinions instead of being forced to or required to. Now, if we're trying to make our kids learn these skills that they're not ready for, they may end up hating it. If we wait until we see the desire and the skill, then they can learn it so much more quickly without all the repetition because they're interested in it and it goes so fast. Okay, so let me go through the pattern of the skills that kids need um, for writing, okay? And some of the skills are 
pre-skills before they even take a pencil in their hand. And the very first skill that I learned might be a surprising one that we don't think of in the context of writing. Okay, and this skill is actually that of playing make-believe, creative play. When your kids have time to play make-believe and act things out, they are learning how to make sense of the world and of words and to express themselves. They're creating stories and putting thoughts together. And this is a skill that I feel like a lot of kids don't get because they're so structured and all of their time is planned out for them. So let your kids play because that is a pre-writing skill for sure. Um, so, the other interesting thing too, maybe as a side note, is that <laughs> you'll learn a lot about yourself when you watch them reenact and, and make up stories uh, because they're paying attention to the world around them and you are the world around them. <laughs> so one time, one of my daughters, she was about four, she was playing Barbies by herself and making them talk to each other. And we were pretty surprised to hear that all of their names happened to be the names of different candidates in the local school board election, because we've been talking about that lately. So yes, they are listening, but she's putting all her thoughts together. She plays make-believe and talks out loud, okay? So that, you know, if you think your kids aren't doing anything when they're just playing, they totally are. Um, so let them, do let them play. Okay, not that you're, not that you don't, but you know what I mean, okay. The next skill is we have to first start getting handwriting mastered, right? Handwriting is a fine motor skill and typically it takes little boys longer than it does for girls. Now, of course, that's not always true, but typically, okay? Now the skill of handwriting is really just all about letter formation, right? So when you're teaching handwriting, you just want it to be copy work. They're copying the model so that they know how to write the letter. You don't want to have them thinking about what they're going to say and practice the handwriting at the same time because what happens is it's taking all their mental energy just to copy the letters, just to know how to form the letters. So if you add on the extra thinking skill of like how to spell the word or thinking what to say before their handwriting is fluent, that's an exercise in frustration. Okay, so some kids do have fine motor skills problems. You know, it doesn't come to them as fast as it does to others. So you can practice on more fine motor skills um, exercises too, like moving beads or whatever. But with handwriting, you can also do some big motor skills too. For example, you can trace the letters in big shapes with your hands so that they get those movements down in the direction that's most efficient. Um, maybe some would also like to just trace it with their finger in a tray of sand or cornmeal. Okay, so handwriting, it's gotta be fluent in order to start writing. That's why sometimes it's such a big struggle. All right, the next skill I wanna talk about is that of organizing your thoughts. It is really hard to sit down and write a paragraph when you don't even know what you want to say and all the thoughts are just swirling around in your head because you haven't learned how to organize your thoughts, okay? This is also a pre-writing skill that often gets skipped as well. 
because we don't necessarily teach our kids how to organize their thoughts before we expect them to go put it on paper. So one way to do this is with a technique called narration. And all this really means is that you just have your child narrate or tell back to you about a story or an event or a movie or something in a clear, concise manner, hitting on all the main points so that you can understand it. Now, some kids can do this naturally, but other kids do not, okay? Some kids are gonna give you completely random details that don't really connect together. Or some kids will tell you everything in tons and tons of details. No wonder it's overwhelming if they think they have to write that all down. Okay, so this is a skill and you can practice with the kids and you help them train their thinking so it gets a little more clear and concise for them. So you don't have to tell them that this is a writing exercise, right? <laughs> Okay, so uh, another thing to add on to this too is to ask questions. So you can ask guiding questions to help them think more clearly. So you can say things like, okay, so then what happened next? And tell me about this person or whatever. So asking those questions, those basic introductory level questions are really gonna help your kids organize their thoughts. Okay, so the next thing is that when you're doing narrations, um, I will often write it down for them so that they will make the connection between their thoughts and writing, okay? It, and it also helps show the child that what they have to say is important. And I will do this until writing is fairly fluent. So if we go back to like when my son had that assignment where I said, tell me about this pencil. Give me three sentences about this pencil. And to him, that was a very uninspiring topic. But had I just said, tell me about the pencil and I'll write it down for you, it would have been done like that, right? Okay, I, I know a lot of people say, yeah, but that's cheating. No. Actually, it's not, is just helping them make those connections and help them organize their thoughts till they're ready. Okay, another option is you can just have your kids, if they want to have something they want to say, they could dictate it on um, Google Docs using the microphone. So then it will type it in for them. And then you could help your child learn editing skills so it actually makes some sense, <laughs> especially if they don't speak very clearly. Okay, so now maybe you're wondering, well, how long does it take for writing to get fluent? Well, obviously that totally depends on the kids. I find that my girls get fluent with their writing much sooner than the boys. Some of my boys, most of my boys, probably all three of my boys, their handwriting really didn't get fluent until they were like 11 or 12 or maybe even 13. So one thing I did do was I start my kids on typing around the time they're about 10 or 11. Now, some people think, oh, well, why don't we just start them when they're six on typing? Well, I'll tell you what I found. If I start too early, then I find out that they don't practice using the correct techniques. So it actually trains them to type slower because <laughs> they're not uh, using the most efficient fingering because they're just doing whichever one's most convenient for them. So you kind of have to wait till they're a little older and they're willing to do the hard work of moving their fingers 
the right fingers to train those fingers to type. So what this does when you teach them to type is that it empowers the kids without fluent handwriting to start writing it down themselves a little bit more too. Okay, so what about things like the mechanics of writing, like spelling and grammar and punctuation and capitalization and parts of speech? Well, the problem is that if we start to introduce those too early on, it's also frustrating to them because they start feeling that they're, like their work's not good enough and you're always correcting it, you know? If they've moved from just letter formation to the next step of writing what they're thinking, it's just too much because the energy should be going to the act of composing the papers. So, I mean, if they ask, I'll certainly tell them and or help them out, you know, how do you spell this word? I'll say, well, what do you think? And, you know, they may think it's wrong and then we'll help them figure it out. But I don't make them do that, right? We don't really want to attach all those mechanics to their own writing until they get older, unless they want it, right? There's a lot of ways to teach mechanics in, the, and in younger grades, things like Mad Libs or Editor-in-Chief where they're spotting the errors and editing it or playing games with the concepts, but I wouldn't recommend um, you suggesting they apply it to their writing unless they ask, right? So as you play with the mechanics, kids will often just pick up on these naturally, which is amazing. So we don't need hundreds of pages of worksheets. Now for spelling, okay, this is an interesting one too. We don't have to have hundreds of spelling lists either, but it just depends on the kid, okay? So some are more natural spellers than others but I kind of just let it be when they're younger. And also just because a child can read well, doesn't mean they will be able to spell well. Often that is the case, um, but sometimes it doesn't happen. I had one child who was a very advanced reader, but did not learn how to spell well till he was a teenager. Um, so one really interesting thing that I learned that makes a lot of sense about spelling is that good spellers can typically, typically visualize the word in their mind's eye, like on that screen of their mind, okay? Now, I have heard in rare cases that there are people who can spell well who don't do this, but it's pretty rare. I think for the most part, good spellers can picture those words in their mind. So when the kids are young, probably one of the best practices I know of is to practice visualization, okay? So you can practice it by starting off and just say, okay, Look out the window and picture what you can see out there with your eyes. Then I want you to shut your eyes and see it in your mind's eye. And then tell me what you see in the upper left-hand corner or something like that. So what you're doing is you're practicing building those visualization skills in their minds. Another great way to build visualization skills in your minds is read alouds because typically they're forming the picture in your mind as you're reading aloud. That's one reason why I love read alouds. Just one, there's lots more. Anyway, so then what you can do is you can apply that same technique to spelling. So you can write the word on a piece of paper. And when you're beginning, you can write it in different colors or big, a big word on a page or whatever. Then have them look at it, take a picture in their mind, and then have them close their eyes and have them read the letters of the words off to you for spelling. So for example, let's say you pick the word believe. 
So if they can see that in their mind, they're going to spell out to you with their eyes shut, B-E-L-I-E-V-E, -E -E. okay? But that's just the first step. This next step is the extra challenge that kids will love doing. Help them spell it backwards, because if they can spell it backwards, you'll know that they can see it. So you can close your eyes and say, okay, it's E-V-E-I-L-E-B, okay? So I could spell. You know, kids love to do backwards spelling. How cool is that, right? So what this also does is it gives kids a tool to remember how to spell words in the future, even if you haven't gone over all of them. And it makes them a lot more aware of the letters in the words as well. Now, um, you could have backwards spelling bees if you want. Sometimes we do that at bedtime at night. That's kind of fun, right? Um, now... The other thing about spelling is that you can teach the spelling rules for sure, but usually I will wait on that until about 12 to 14 if I find that the kid needs a little extra boost in spelling. So, I mean, if you do it in a fun way when the kids are younger, great, but, you know, I don't always focus on that so much. And my kids can spell, so good news. Okay, now back to that story with my son. I was trying to make him write that awful paragraph with the three sentences to describe the pencil, right? He argued with me over that, and he told me there was really no point in him doing that. He's like, this is a stupid assignment, because really, why do I care about describing a pencil? We can just look at it. Well, I was making him do it, because that's what the curriculum said he should do. The curriculum was supposed to be really good and it was expensive, right? But he did have good points. So, you know, when it comes to writing, it is difficult to love writing when you have all these contrived assignments. You know, if you have to do it, you don't really see the point of doing it, then you're not going to love it. You're just going to do it to get it done or argue with your mom until you don't have to, right? So that's really not going to speed up the learning process and help you love it, right? So I found that when kids start to like to write, they, or I found that kids do start to like to write when they have something they want to share, something they want to write about, and they want to share it with other people, and it would be more easily written, or sorry, be more easily shared when written is what I meant to say. So we kind of call this idea finding your voice, right? And certainly that does start with verbalizing instead of saying out loud, right? And that's why I start writing it down for them to show them that I think it's important because I want to hear what they have to say. Um, writing is really a vulnerable process because when you express yourself, you might be wrong and you don't want to be wrong. In our schools, we are trained that the answers must be correct. So if you are supposed to write something down or express something, it can feel scary because what if it's not right or good? What if I mess it up? You know? So the, the other thing we really just try to do in house is, is natural writing, right? When we just do natural writing, it's part of our lives. The kids want to write things down. My nine-year-old, she literally spent one hour writing up a very detailed plan for her upcoming week. You know, had I assigned that to her, I doubt she would have wanted to, but it was her idea. Another thing she did is she wrote this very detailed step-by-step -step direction booklet with pictures on how to make a hammock. 
because she wanted to make a hammock and I told her she didn't know how, which I should not have. I should have said, why not? I probably did actually say that. I said, okay, well, you figure out how. And so that's what she did. Um, so, I mean, kids are gonna write all sorts of things. If it's their idea, like letters or recipes or game instructions or, or whatever, you know? So let's go back to that sun because you, you need to see some proof that I'm not crazy and that we don't actually need to have a strict writing curriculum here, okay? Uh, that son that I realized I, that I was trying to make him do this writing curriculum, I realized I really had to back off a lot on requiring him to do those things. Okay, so for the next five or six years, I ditched the writing curriculum. We did copy work and narrations for the most part. When he was almost 12, he decided he wanted to write a novel. And I'm thinking, good luck with that. You don't even write hardly anything, right? Well, guess what? I luckily didn't say that out loud. Um, he still wasn't writing totally fluently. So he would tell me the story. I would type it up. Then when I, if I got too busy and I couldn't do it right then, since I have a lot of kids, right? He would record it for me. And then I would listen to it and type it up later when I, when I had time. And this was pre-Google Docs. So otherwise, I probably would have just had him do that microphone thing, which is what my nine-year-old does now. Anyway, so I'll tell you, he got tired of waiting around for me because he'd have more part of the story and hadn't even finished up the other part and he wanted it typed up. So he started typing up his recordings himself. And all of a sudden he was empowered to write anything he wanted. And he did. He wrote several more novels in high school and he wrote amazing essays and college level papers and college entrance essays that got him a full scholarship along with his other work. But you know, it works. He also decided he wanted to improve his handwriting as a teenager. And so he did more copy work when he was like 15 because he wanted faster, more fluent handwriting. So he did more on his own. It does work. Okay. Now, my girls definitely wrote more than my boys when they were in elementary school, but they were totally evened out by high school. And I find that kids are usually ready to take a beginning writing class, maybe around age 12 or so-ish. It depends on the kid again, right? Now, I also think that the best kind of beginning writing class is the kind that has you start off by retelling a story and writing it down because that's narration, right? But they're writing it down themselves. Now, my uh, youngest son, who's um, 12, and he's the kind of kid that kind of just seems to pick up things by osmosis. And I don't know if that's because he has five older siblings or what, but when he was 11, he took a beginning writing class and he had never done any formal writing before. And luckily that class had them retelling stories in his own way. He is a pretty good typer, so he was able to do this. I was kind of surprised because he just started typing up three page retellings basically by himself and they made sense. You know, I helped him smooth it up a bit, but yeah, he can write. Now my other son, um, who is now 20, he did take a writing class around 13. And that was basically his first exposure to writing. 
but he was writing just basic paragraphs and I still had to help him on that a bit too. When he was 15, he decided to take a college level class, which I thought was an interesting choice, but I, you know, I didn't want to stop him. <laughs> I figured he'd figure it out. He still didn't love to write too much, but you know, I thought this will be a good experience. And they also, let's see, the uh, head of the classes there, she told me that the teacher was a very good, um, very good at helping kids learn how to write. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I knew he was going to need someone other than me to help mentor him over and get him over that home. So the first few assignments, I still typed them for him. And then he realized he could do it himself. By the end of the school year, he wrote a full-on 15-page college-level essay and was so proud of himself, and so was I. And now he writes really well, and he enjoys it. So that's the thing about writing, okay? We want them to love writing, but they're not going to love it if they're not ready and willing. So as the kids do start writing, and then they want to have their writing look good, that's when we can start working more on the mechanics. And it also does help to get an outside mentor too, if possible. So that's kind of basically just my whole writing philosophy nowadays. And I'll tell you, it saves a lot of time and energy because I'm not fighting them tooth and nail all along the way. They pick up so much because they're reading a lot. And they also pick up a lot just because they're seeing other people writing. And as they get older, they want to start writing too. So whatever you can do to inspire your kids to help them find their voice and to develop the basic skills, but without crushing the love of writing is going to be wonderful in developing your children's writing skills and they will get it. So just keep believing in them that they have the capacity to do so because they do, they can learn it. All right, hopefully that was helpful for you. And I would love to hear from you about your experiences writing in, in writing and what you found works and, and doesn't work too. So signing off on the Building Heroes podcast and we'll check in next time. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.